You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. The views and opinions expressed on this show do not necessarily represent those of the network, its advertisers, owners, or sponsors. Hi, welcome to Comeback City, where we explore Detroit's past, present, and future. Today, we are talking about beautiful Belle Isle. This episode is brought to you by Spectacular Strolls. Spectacular Strolls offers 15 historic walks in Detroit. Each walk is a self-guided 20-minute tour. Visit SpectacularStrolls.com to order your next Detroit history adventure. I'm Linda Shepard, and with me today is a very special guest, Michelle Hodges from the Belle Isle Conservancy. Hi, Michelle. Linda, how are you? I'm great. It's so nice to connect with you, and thanks for calling Belle Isle beautiful. I like you already. (laughs) It is gorgeous. It is a hidden jewel in this city. You know, we hear so much about Midtown, you know, Comeback City, um, all these different areas downtown, the new stadium, the new buildings downtown, but Belle Isle has always been beautiful and is beautiful, and there is so much rich history um, connected to it, and I'm sure there are a lot of new and exciting things that are going on. Yep, we really do personify the past, present, and future and have answers to each of those categories, which is exciting. And I like your sponsor, too, because we should stroll through the park as we talk today. (laughs) Absolutely, we should. So, um, yeah, maybe we could go into a little bit of the history, Michelle. Um, I know that the same man who designed Central Park in New York designed Belle Isle. That's true, isn't it? Frederick Law That's Armstead. Correct. You've done your homework. I have. Yes, we affectionately refer to him as Flo Frederick Law Olmsted. And yes, he has his DNA in all of America's great cities from the late 1800s and early 1900s, including uh, New York and its Central Park. Uh, and Belle Isle has his hallmarks as well. And we're actually 100 acres larger than Central Park. So that's a pretty nifty thing to be proud of as Detroiters. Uh, and we have a classic Olmsted design, meaning a strong natural zone, a strong active zone, which is where you see all of the whimsical picnic shelters and where you run free and play on the playscapes and the like, and then a strong formal zone, which is anchored by many of the architecturally significant structures that call Belle Isle home. And it's 900 acres. Is that right? That's pretty big. Well, it depends what day you ask that question. If the water level is low or high, you'll get a different number. But yes, it's about 982 acres. The other interesting thing a lot of people don't know is when the large buildings are being um, built in downtown Detroit, the foundations being dug, that um, soil was uh, put along the perimeter of Belle Isle forever changing its footprint. Interesting. And the island officially opened in 1845. That's a long time ago. Yes, people have been playing and frolicking on it for quite some time. And it was actually sold to the city by the Campo family, as in Joseph Campo, oh. uh, back in the late 1800s. And I think the price tag was about $180,000. So quite a bargain. Wow. So it wasn't as big as it is today um, once they moved that dirt over from the all the buildings in Detroit. It got actually bigger, right? Yes, it did. Not significantly, of course, but But a little um, bit to a certain degree. Yes. So let's talk a little bit about what's on Belle Isle. Um, Well, first of all, 
I actually think the MacArthur Bridge is beautiful. Connecting uh, Jefferson Avenue to Belle Isle. It's such a pretty structure. It really is. It's architecturally significant, too. And um, in fact, it's being improved right now. Michigan Department of Transportation is doing some road and structural repairs to it, which is wonderful. Uh, And it's not the original bridge. Um, The original bridge burned about 100 years ago. So this is actually its replacement. I believe it was built in the early 1900s. I don't have the exact date off the top of my head. But you're right. The moment you arrive uh, to the island, it's beautiful. It really is. And all the fountains and statues and kind of lagoons on the island, I think, are surprising to a lot of people. Um, What's your favorite part about? Yeah. Well, I was just going to say, do you want to hear one of my favorite stories about the the fountain? Uh, It's known as the James Scott Memorial Fountain. And in fact, his mansion is uh, has just been restored in Midtown. So some of your listeners may have been reading about that in the paper. Um, But he was um, a sort of a sordid individual from back in the day. Uh, he, he had a lot of naughty behavior associated with him. He was a gambler. He hung out with those kinds of women. Uh, but he was into real estate, as was his father. And uh, when he passed away, he left a lot of money to the city. Um, with that said, however, he had some specific requirements tied to it, one of which, if when the fountain was built, he required that a life-size statue of himself be constructed with it. So the city took several years struggling with whether or not to spend this dirty money. And finally, they came up with a couple of methods to ease their conscience. And they hired Cass Gilbert, who also designed the U.S. Supreme Court and the Detroit Public Library to build it. Uh, But when they actually put the um, statue of Mr. Scott in, they did several things. One, they put him in a spot where he would not have a beautiful view, (laughs) which I think is amusing. Uh, And then they... um, put him in a location where when the fountain is at full tilt, um, the spray blows right in his face. Oh my goodness. <laughs> and then they talked about carving him out of soap so they would fulfill the contractual obligations <laughs> but so not funny. have to deal with him for a long time. It is, isn't it? And those are the wonderfully rich stories that you know reveal themselves uh, about Belle Isle over and over. So that's one of my favorite ones. Yeah, that is an amazing fountain. I mean, it is just huge. Uh, are there Uh, activities that go on at the fountain in the summer? I mean, I think there are lights, aren't there, that go on at night and... Oh, yes, it's lovely. I, you know, and we worked really hard to get it back open to the public. uh, But there's, you know, quite a price tag to modernize it to, you know, get it up to modern standards where it's easier to maintain. It's a real challenge. Um, But yes, it it is lit at night and the lights do change. And uh, there's all sorts of things that happen around it from the from beautiful Indian families and saris of every color lined up taking their photo to graduation photos to cocktail receptions to weddings. We do hundreds of weddings on the island a year, many of which actually happen on the fountain. So it's the go-to location uh, where if you're only going to go to one spot, you only have 10 minutes to spend on the island, most people, I think, would choose the fountain. And it's such a beautiful background for pictures. I'm sure you get a lot of wedding parties that want their pictures taken there. Yeah, even when it's not running, it's beautiful. Like, you know, it won't open until Memorial Day this year, but it's still worth going to and getting that photo. So it runs Memorial Day to Labor Day? As far as the water? Well, roughly Labor Day, uh, the summer season keeps extending itself, however. So we, uh, the DNR, which now manages the island on a day-to-day basis, has been generous in 
making it available for a couple of weeks into September as well, the last couple of years. Yeah. That's a treat. It, it really is amazing. And I know relatives of mine have told me that that's the one thing that they remember the most about Belle Isle was that gorgeous fountain there. I, I It's probably a very romantic spot for a lot of couples. And, you know, it's such a big, beautiful oh, yeah. fountain. It's it's really spectacular. Uh, let's talk about a few other things on the island. Um, recently, my husband and I visited, and I'm not sure of the pronunciation of this, the Dawson Great Lakes Museum. Is it Dawson or Dawson? It is. I've heard it said both ways, but fortunately, the Dawson family is still very involved, and I've heard it right from their mouths, and you nailed it. It is Dawson. It's Dawson. (laughs) Okay. With the two S's. And I had never been to the museum before. I'd been to, you know, most of the things on Belle Isle, but I thought I'd like to check this out, and I brought my husband, and we were blown away by it. I was amazed. pretty amazing, isn't it? Oh, my goodness. That Gothic room? When you first walk yes. in, oh my gosh. Yeah, it's a jaw dropper, isn't it? Because the carved wood and the beautiful stained glass, and it's it's actually from one of uh, the beautiful luxury liners. Right. Uh, you also probably got to see William Clayfort's pilot house. Oh, yeah. That uh, was fabulous, too. That gothic room, though. I mean, the, yeah, the stained yeah, glass. Yeah, you couldn't leave that room, and you'd be happy. <laughs> oh, I was, you know, it was kind of like you're in a church with all the carvings and the stained glass. And I mean, it reminded me of what I imagined the Titanic to be, you know, so ornate, so beautiful. So that was, yeah, so that was just taken right from that. I think it's the SS City of Detroit, the third. Um, And I think I have some information here that said it was uh, removed from the boat before it was, or the ocean, the lake liner, whatever, not an ocean liner, a lake liner, before it was scrapped in 1956. And it was stored in an Ohio barn for 10 years. Mm. And then, um, yeah, before it came to the Dawson. So that was, that was very nice, very beautiful. And that, that pilot room, that's really cool, too. Yeah, and everything in between, you can learn about the different freighter call sounds and so much else about our rich maritime history, and all of it beautifully portrayed uh, following a $2 million renovation. So there's a banquet space there as well um, that looks out onto the Detroit River, the Canadian side. And there's there are plans to build that campus out. We are fortunate to have a great partner in the Detroit Historical Society, which is responsible for managing it. Uh, so they bring all of their resources to the table. And um, going forward, so again, looking at the future of Detroit, you'll see that um, area of the island grow even more. I was I was amazed. And it, you know, people should know it's free to go into. It's not a huge museum, but it's beautiful and worth the trip just for that alone, I'd say, to Belle Isle, especially if you have any interest, you know, in any kind of... Yeah. The scale of it is nice because it isn't overwhelming and you don't leave exhausted and you can pair it with a visit to the Belle Isle Nature Center, which is managed by the Detroit Zoological Society and is a wonderfully rich experience as well. You learn about all of our native species and you could even see the white albino fallow deer that some folks might remember roaming free on the island years ago. 
And then, of course, there's the aquarium and the conservatory. So if you look at those four assets, all of which are free, it's a really wonderful day. Oh, yeah. Uh, So we hope people come down. Oh, for sure. And the aquarium, let's talk about that a little bit. That was designed by um, Albert Kahn. Uh, You got that right. And also the conservatory was, too? Yes, they both were. They were opened in 1904. We believe they're the last remaining example of a connected facility from the Victorian era. So we're very proud of having Mr. Khan's DNA right there. Um, So they're beautiful. And that's where really all the energy and the momentum on the island is now. In fact, we brought Albert Khan, uh, the planning firm, back a a couple of years ago to study that what we refer to as the cultural campus and to give us plans to be able to work toward to continue to build them out and grow and expand them so that Detroiters can continue to enjoy them. So we're working on implementing and executing that and, and doing the fundraising associated with it. The aquarium, again, is not large. I mean, if people are thinking it's the Chicago Aquarium, it is not the Chicago Aquarium. But that tile work, that green tile is so strikingly unusual and really pretty. Well, Mr. Khan wanted you to feel as if you were in the sea when you entered. So I think he very successfully achieved that. And in its day, when it was first unveiled, it was the third largest aquarium in the world. And it was the only aquarium in the Great Lakes area that was bringing saltwater in and trucking it in. So people, you you know, now we take for granted the opportunity to be able to see, touch, and feel virtually anything in the world. Um, But you couldn't do that back then. So it was really remarkable. And it's kind of fun to imagine yourselves yourself in the shoes of Detroiters at that time, although they were probably laced up shoes and we were probably wearing floor length gowns with parasols as we strolled through. (laughs) Oh my goodness. And then the other really beautiful building on Belle Isle is the casino, which I also recently recently went inside. Um, It seems like it's not like really open to the public a lot, but I did come to Shiver on the River um, yeah. during the winter months, and that was very interesting. And that is that is an absolutely beautiful building, also. It is. That's a, it's more of a banquet event space. Um, it was designed by Van Lane and Schilling, and in its day, it was the it was the go to because you didn't have cell phones and that to be able to text your family and say, you know, meet me at such and such at such a time. You just said, meet me at the casino and hope they showed up, and you could grab a bite to eat while you were there. Um, so yes, it's it's a very important um, hallmark and iconic structure on the island as well. Uh, you right now, as you noted, it is more of an event space and not open all of the time to the public, with the exception right. of the bathrooms. You can access those. Oh, okay. <laughs> if need be, those porches are beautiful. That you know, they it's are. striking. You They're know, just walking around the porch, yes. yes, would be very pretty. Um, yeah, and I was. I was struck by what great shape it's in. I mean, for its age, it's in it's in terrific shape. Um, has there been well, the DNR has rest- been a wonderful partner, and that is one building that um, a considerable amount has been invested in, along with our partners through the Grand Prix as well, because they use that um, building as part of their operational logistical um, uh, piece during the Grand Prix. So yes, the roof has been repaired. A lot of the other structural issues have been addressed. So. It is uh, one of the better situated buildings at the present time. You know, it's a little bit confusing, though, because 
Do people come thinking they're going to gamble at the casino? <laughs> well, one would, I, I would assume that that happens on occasion, but it was never used as a casino as we know it. Why is in it fact, called the casino? Real, because there, it's an Italian term, I believe, oh, okay. and um, it actually means gathering place. Oh. So it's that's what it's always been. Interesting. Used as, a gathering place and never for gambling in the way that we would typically think of a casino being used. Yeah. So, I mean, there's still a lot more on the island, too. I mean, we've got the Yacht Club and the Boat Club. So can we talk about that a little bit? I mean, the Boat Club is used by rowing groups. Is that what is that what happens yes. at the Boat Club? Yes. Uh, it at one time was a private club and, you know, has quite a storied history. It's I believe the oldest in the United States. Uh, and there's a passionate group of volunteers that are really working to keep it um, viable and return it back to its glorious state. Uh, and they're getting there. They're, they're really exceptional. And many of them come from Friends of Detroit Rowing, which, as you said, um, are the, is the agency that is occupying that building. About 700 or so rowers wow. coming out of the facility annually. Uh, so it's actually thriving uh, from that standpoint. And, you know, we're very hopeful that at some point in the future, we will, you know, turn it into uh, a more publicly facing facility, uh, offering more and more um, uses and benefits to the average park user. But Olympians have rowed out of there, um, have swum out of there. There's a really cool band shell in the back from the 1930s era that's been restored. Uh, so it, it's 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 really a special building when you're inside of it. It, it. It architecture is somewhat unique, and you see different elements that you don't see portrayed regularly elsewhere. Is it open Quite to the lovely. public? Can anyone go uh, inside? Not, no, not necessarily. I mean, it is available for public, you know, like you could rent it for events. Oh, okay. And, you know, if you really wanted a tour, you know, the, the, they would do that for you. But to say it has open hours for the public to come in and out would be a misrepresentation. So even if you were interested in maybe doing some rowing, you'd probably want well, to. Well, that's, yeah, get on their website and sign up that way or get sign up that way go in through that way mm -hmm. and the yacht club is a private club and i have been inside that and it is absolutely spectacular it's so beautiful um, it sure is it was designed by george mason who also designed the um mackinac island uh, the, the the great the grand hotel on mackinac island that other island we all know in love. And it has quite a storied history, too. It's one of the oldest in the country. And the likes of Garwood and Henry Ford and names, proper nouns like that, that we all recognize were, were part of its original crew of wow. founders. You know, I'm, I'm just thinking something that Belle Isle has that Central Park doesn't have is Belle Isle is in the middle of the Detroit River, all this water. So boat club, yacht club, maritime museum, and a beach. That's right. It's one of the only public beaches along the Detroit River, surprisingly. And it's all in dramatically flowing international waters, which is kind of cool. Oh, yeah. And um, there is also kayaking and canoeing on the island also in the kind of yeah. inland lakes. And yep. uh, all the canals are now navigable, which is um, good news to most people. And through our partners, Riverside Kayak, you can rent 
um, a multiple modes of transportation to utilize on the island, including um, kayaks and canoes. Oh, and where is where is that rental area? Is that the skating house or? Yeah, the Flynn Pavilion, they're there, and then they do pop-ups elsewhere on the island, like depending on the season and the same time at the beach near the Detroit Yacht Club and that too. Oh, so so if you were just going out to Belle Isle and you wanted to do some kayaking, you wouldn't have to arrange that in advance? You could just sign up when you were out there? They're yeah. there all the time? Um, I say that a little hesitantly because if it was at a peak time, I suppose it's possible they all could be rented, but... Yes, um, for the most part, you can you can count on there being a, a vessel there waiting for you. Great, um, and the zoo is there. What what's the deal on the zoo? What's happening? Is anything happening? Is the zoo going to be gone? What's happening with the well, zoo? Well, just so it's clear, we've already talked about the Belle Isle Nature Center, which is run by the Detroit Zoological Society. So there is a viable zoo opportunity if that is what a park user is looking for. With that said, however, I'm assuming you're referring to the old zoo, which right. um, is now closed and not available for public use. Um, it was um, closed in the 1980s. Uh, so we, we now, it, it's not... It, we're, we're trying to craft and work with the DNR what the best solution would be for that zoo. However, it's not the top priority at the moment. So um, the different things we've looked at, uh, you know, would include an outdoor skills type facility. Or, um, so we, we're looking at the various options and it, it, it'll just depend when funding presents itself and when the right vision presents itself. But for now, we're focused on um, the Bell Isle Aquarium and, and Conservatory, the Newsboys Shelter, the Fountain. Uh, and the Splash Park that is um, proposed as well as our top fundraising and project management priorities. All others will just depend on timing and vision and dollars as they come to the table. Where is the Splash the Park? One of them. Where will the Splash Park be? It'll be in the general area of the beach and where the water slide currently okay. is. That water slide will be coming that down makes sense. any day. Oh, really? And That's coming can, down? Yes. Replaced yes. by it's the Splash no Park? viable. Oh, and yeah, and it's uh, it's not you know, folks. It's really not what um, park users are looking for. They're more into splash parks and those sorts of amenities, uh, and it's difficult to insure an old facility like that to get parts for it and that sort of thing. So the decision has been made to bring that down and to replace it with a splash park. And we've raised the dollars to um, complete the planning process for that splash park, which will have a native species sturgeon theme to it. It's really beautiful. Uh, And now we're moving into um, fundraising for the actual installation of that park. When is that going to happen? Is that slated for this summer to be completed or maybe next year? It all depends on fundraising, and I would say it's probably going to take us a few years. We use the Polish the Jewel Luncheon, which occurs in October of each year, to raise money for that initiative, and it usually takes um, several years to, to secure the dollars that are necessary. Yeah, okay. Unless, of course, one of your listeners says, hey, we really need a splash park, and they write a check for us. Then we'll get it done this year. That'd be great, <laughs> wouldn't it? And um, the Newsboy uh, Pavilion, is that what it is? That's another project that's been ongoing? Restoration yes, of it? Uh, it's the oldest picnic shelter on the island, one of the beautiful, ornate, whimsical ones that's really much pretty. loved by the community. It's in very serious disrepair. In fact, you can't even use it right now. It's unsafe. 
Uh, so there's some urgency there to um, secure the funding to restore that so it can once again be made available for park users. And for the many family reunions that have occurred for generations on the island, you know, we really need to have that in place so those can continue there. So has have things changed quite a bit since the um, since it's become a state park? Has have have day to day operations changed at Belle Isle because of that? Oh, certainly. I, you know, the city continues to maintain ownership of the park and has always been a wonderful partner and did a lot with a little. Uh, and so it was a welcomed opportunity when the Department of Natural Resources came to the table and we became uh, Michigan's 102nd state park about four years ago. Um, they bring tremendous acumen uh, and access to resources to the table uh, that we didn't have before. So the park user, I, I would have to say, has seen a dramatic change in terms of having the bathrooms back open and the lawns mowed and the beds planted and the conservatory in spectacular shape. Um, so, yes, uh, it's been a uh, very enjoyable partnership and a very uh, productive one. With that said, you know, park users now need to have a recreation passport to get on the island because it is part of the state park system. So you do that when you renew your license and it's $11 and that gets you into all 103 state parks for an entire year. Pretty good deal. So, um, yeah. And the Grand Prix, let's talk about that a little bit. Do you think that's going to stay on Belle Isle or I know people are talking about, is that the right place for it? Or it's been there for quite a while at this point, hasn't it? Yes. In fact, when the state assumed responsibility for the island, it also assumed all existing contracts, the contract with the Grand Prix being one of them. Um, This is the last year of that five-year contract. Uh, So if the race is to continue on the island, that request for a renewal will need to be submitted by the Grand Prix and then reviewed by the Department of Natural Resources. Um, So, yes, we we do know, you know, it has an impact on the island, both positive and negative. You know, from a negative standpoint, there is a a setup time there. uh, You know, there are visual barriers. um, The public access is compromised for a period of time. But on the positive side, uh, the Penske team and the Grand Prix are outstanding um, partners. And you really can't manage public assets without good public-private partnerships. Uh, And they are certainly one of them and are very committed to the island and want to see it thrive just as we do. So I think the sweet spot comes in management of these public-private partnerships and making sure that we work together as a community to minimize the negative um, impacts, but maximize the positive impacts. And one example of that would be the dollars we raise um, as part of the Grand Prix uh, enable the, the aquarium to be open and free to the public for each year. So that is the significant positive impact that is able to lend to the island. For and how long are they on the island? A couple of weeks or Oh no, it's it's uh so where are we at? I think it's six or seven weeks. Oh, is it really uh, for oh, okay. setup and takedown. Wow. Yep. They moved in last week, in the middle of April. Um, and have been um building their little campus ever since um so, and then they move out by fireworks at the end of June. So, um, are you seeing an increase in visitors to the island uh, in the, say, the last couple of years at all? Um, I notice when yeah, I'm there. Year over year. Yeah, I see ahead, joggers and, you know, people walking around. 
Yes, last year we had 4 million visitors, which was a, a significant increase. And then if you look at uh, recreation passport purchasing data within the Detroit zip codes, um, the DNR is seeing double-digit increases. Uh, I would also use the aquarium as a testimony to increased park uh, visitors, and uh, meaning that uh, one, in one day last year we were we would get as many as 4,500 visitors. So that's a pretty significant increase. That's a jump, um, yeah. Testimony, yes. I, you know, I think it's beautiful. I do remember. I think I remember, like in the eighties or the seventies or something. It it didn't look as good as it does now. It just looks cleaner, kind of polished up and brighter, and it, it really is a very very beautiful place to drive around and walk around and. The views of downtown Detroit, I think, are spectacular from the, uh, is it the western edge of the island? Yep. So pretty. Point. It is, especially right now, the daffodils are blooming. Hopefully your uh, listeners have been reading and hearing about the Daffodil Project. We have wonderful partners um, that are raising money to plant a daffodil for every Detroiter on the oh, island. Wow. And we finally just about achieved that goal. And they're really spectacular. In fact, I was on the island today just watching people plopping themselves in the middle of one of the huge beds and taking photos and just really enjoying the beauty. And, and many of those are blooming at Sunset Point. So you have um, them juxtaposed in front of that skyline, and it makes for a pretty spectacular moment. Sounds like it. And then you see a freighter come by and, you know, it can't help but do it. You've got it all. (laughs) Yeah, sure. And as far as future plans go, I know we've talked about the Splash Park and kind of the renovation maybe of the boat club that's upcoming and any other uh, plans for the future? Well, yes, we have about $330 million worth of improvements and enhancements and restorations and renovations that need to occur on the island. And we've already talked about what some of those top priorities are. Some of the things that um, park users will see more imminently are um, the Iron Bell Trail, which is the trail being um, led by the governor. It's starting in Ironwood in the UP and uh, coming down to Belle Isle. So we are the trailhead for that. We're very excited about the, um, the improvements that are being made and the trails that are being developed to support that. There are improvements to Lake Okanoka being made as well as other ecological um, initiatives that really help protect and preserve and and make it um, a beautiful place. In fact, so many um, of the species are coming back in in, in large numbers, including the eagles and the beavers and the common terns and the snakes, all of which is exceptional in my mind. Uh, the Audolf Garden um, is going to be coming to the island. Pete Audolf is a um, rock star in landscape design. He's from the Netherlands. He also designed the High Line in New York City, oh, Lurie wow. Park in Chicago. And thanks to our wonderful partners in the Garden Club of Michigan, uh, we've been able to commission him uh, to design a, a garden, which is much more than just a garden. It's a work of art, and it's really a movement that supports it. And uh, folks will come from around the world just to see Pete Eldoff's work. Where is that so garden? It's real, 
It'll be um, near the area that is encircled by the Remick Pavilion, the Nancy Brown Peace Memorial Carillon, and the Conservatory Grounds. So strategically located there, uh, we it looks like it'll be installed in 2019 if the fundraising um, endeavors are successful, which they're all trending in the right direction. So that'll be a beautiful um, thing to be that enjoyed sounds like by a great addition. users, too. Absolutely. Yeah. And then just ongoing improvements to the bathrooms, to the shelters, to the buildings uh, that are, you know, so very important um, to the park user. And then things that are all underground and behind the scenes that people can't see, but, you know, often and frequently do threaten to put us into crisis, you know, whether it's a broken water main or a flooded aquarium basement or, you know, all of those um deferred maintenance items that we really need to get to to ensure that the um that the island thrives. Well, I hope it works because I love the island. It is it is an absolute treasure for the city of Detroit and for the people who live in Detroit and around Detroit and I don't think a lot of people realize just how wonderful it is. Um, thank you so much, Michelle. This has been great talking to you. And um, I'm excited to see what's uh, coming up for in the future at Belle Isle. I think that Splash Park sounds perfect. They are so popular nowadays. I know I have grandchildren and they go crazy at Splash Parks. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's going to be a great addition. That that garden sounds fabulous. Um, and just kind of the ongoing restoration of some of the historic buildings, which are so beautiful. Um, yeah, I, you know, it's a wonderful place. Well, Linda, you are really a gem, and we're very fortunate to have you on our team, Belle Isle, and being one of our most prominent evangelists. So thanks for helping to get the word out, and we look forward to welcome you back, welcoming you back to the island soon. Thank you, Michelle. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. 